Welcome to Vegan Business Talk with Katrina Fox, author of Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business. Hello and welcome to episode 139 of Vegan Business Talk. I'm Katrina Fox, journalist, author and PR consultant and founder of Vegan Business Media, a content events and training platform providing success strategies and resources for vegan business owners and entrepreneurs. Firstly, a quick announcement. I get a lot of people contacting me asking how they can work with me. So this is a little plug to let you know that I offer a range of services to vegan and plant-based business owners and entrepreneurs. From online training and group coaching to PR, content creation and copywriting services and one-on-one tailored individual private consultations. So if you're wanting help to promote or grow your vegan business, brand, product, service, book or other creative project, head over to veganbusinessmedia.com and click on the Work With Me menu link for more details. Now for the main part of the show. So this is a special episode of the show with some tips to help you and your vegan business survive the current COVID-19 coronavirus crisis. I'm joined by three experts, Bob Ratnaraja, a strategic finance practitioner in Australia, Karen Nola, a business and mindset coach in the UK, and Stephanie Redcross, a business coach and marketing consultant with Vegan Mainstream in the US. Bob's going to provide you with some practical strategies to preserve cash and adapt your business. Karen's going to give you some great tips on how to manage yourself, including dealing with anxiety and fear. And Stephanie and I are going to talk about why you need to continue marketing and promoting your business and how to do it ethically and with integrity. We're recording this episode on the 20th of March 2020, and obviously things can and will change, but the advice is relevant, and of course it's important that you keep up to date with announcements from the health authorities and governments so you can best protect your vegan business. Here's the episode. Hello, Bob. Great to chat with you today. So for our listeners, we've got uh, Bob Ratnaraja on the line. And Bob's a friend of mine and a colleague. And uh, he's a strategic finance practitioner, helps plant-based businesses to scale. And he comes from a strong accountancy and business background. So very happy to have you on the show today, Bob. Thank you very much, Katrina. It's a it's an honor to be on the podcast. Yeah, so this is a special episode and I loved the blog post that you wrote, which we will provide a link to on the show notes page. And that was based on a I believe you did with some plant-based businesses in Australia. Uh, but we are going to talk about some things that people can do that vegan business owners of any kind can do wherever you're based in the world to get through this current COVID-9 pandemic crisis because obviously people are in a a lot of panic and I loved that you provided some really practical strategies so would just love it if you would just go through some of those key ones uh, for vegan and plant-based business owners. Sure. Um, just before I do that, I'd like to share that in 2008, 2009, with the global financial crisis, um, I was trading stock markets and, and I saw the markets completely crash and I couldn't exit positions and I lost tens of thousands of dollars in, in minutes. 
And so I can really appreciate what people are facing right now because it's completely unpredictable and it's unprecedented what what we're going through. Absolutely, um, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Like, that's good to know because I think it can be, you're, you're right, people might think, oh, it's all very well for these experts saying do this and do that. So it's nice to hear that, you know, you've, you've experienced something similar and you understand what, what people are going through. So thanks for sharing that. Absolutely. My, my pleasure. So I guess the number one thing um, at the moment is to remember that we will get through this, okay? So we will come out of this. It is unprecedented, as I've said before, um, but then on the other side, we'll see banks, we'll see government, we'll see lots of ways for to restart the economy. So what's what's really most important right now is to preserve cash as much as you can. So when I say preserve cash, there's a couple of different approaches. Uh, let me say just three things. So give you three things uh, as as a starting point. So one would be, one would be to preserve cash as much as you can. The second would be to adapt. As soon as possible and then the third would be to look at um, almost doubling down is in a sense of looking at ways so you can grow your business even though we're looking at uncertain times okay okay so would you like me to go into yeah let's talk a bit about but when you say preserve cash particularly how, how can people do that Okay, so even before the banks came out, what I realized is as soon as I saw this was like typically when we look at businesses, we think of fixed costs and then we look at variable costs is what we look to trim, right? Variable costs is staffing or or cost of sales, for example. Like we look at how we can trim that. But fixed costs includes like rent and mortgages. And so what what I said to everyone on on the call was that everything's on the table. And what, what I mean by that is banks have now come forward and said that, look, we will be more flexible in regards to your loan repayments because we understand what you're going through right now. So what I'm saying to you is applicable in Australia, but it's also applicable globally. Now in Italy and in Europe, because of their, they're ahead of the, um, what, what's been happening with COVID, they've actually put a freeze on bank payments. So... By preserving cash, it's, that's number one. And then also speaking to the landlord to say, look, we're going through unprecedented change. Your efforts are focused in regards to your business. And so to speak to your landlord to see whether they can um, do it, forgive some of that rent or reduce the rent at this current time. Mm. That's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I've seen a couple of people put that. And I think they were referring more to residential. But even so, I guess it depends how the landlord is in terms of if they've got a mortgage because they've still got to make their mortgage payments. So I guess that's also a shout out for landlords to check what the banks and the governments are doing to support them as well um, because that, that's kind of got to work both ways really. And this is, if it's a big corporate landlord, you know, with bags of money, that's one thing. But if it's like a, you know, a, a smaller kind of business owner, um, then they may well have to make their mortgage payments. So I guess it's worth just pointing out that, that we have to take into account both sides. Absolutely. But what I'm saying is like, number one is speaking to the banks and because the mortgage holder then can actually, so the landlord would have the same, uh, understanding with the banks so then the the tenant can speak to the landlord and say look my bank's doing this can you speak to your bank right it's that's a good about, idea yeah yeah cool. so, so it's not about waiving it it's so first and foremost this is for these are for businesses who are impacted by it so so if you're in like especially with um social um isolation or you know 
there's businesses which have high foot traffic. This is in the food space, for example. Yeah. Then they're significantly impacted, right? That's number one. Number two is in regards to staffing. I mean, if I give you a couple of different examples, what happened during the GFC going back to 2009, I, I'm using this as a, two different examples, but the, the US approach was about reducing staff as much as possible. But what I saw in, in Germany was they would, they would say we'd still keep the, the team, but we'd reduce the hours, for example. Ah, oh, okay. Keep so... So this is not the time necessarily to completely get rid of all your staff because first and foremost, they've been loyal to your business and you'll need them as you come back out of this. Mm -hmm. So it's to find ways of how you can keep them going. Now, in governments will come to the party and will offer incentives. They're being a bit slow, um, but I'm pretty sure... I, like I'm pretty certain that they are coming. Like Australia just recently it's announced that they're talking about a hundred billion dollar injection. So give to give that in context. So the Australian economy is 1.3 trillion dollars. So what we're talking about is a 10 virtually a 10% boost to the Australian economy. And Hamish Douglas, who has a, a management fund, um, Magellan Fund, he's talking about between 10 to 20 percent of government putting a boost back into the economy. So that's going to be through various incentives because this time what's happening is our, our, all our expenditure and through isolation is stopping. So it's very different to the GFC. It's actually more harsh on the economy. And when I say an economy, economy at the end of the day is people. Uh, so the governments will definitely do something. Okay. Cool. So basically, in terms of just to summarise that, in terms of preserving cash, it's to negotiate with landlords if you have a physical space um, and if you have staff to consider perhaps not just getting rid of all your staff, but to reduce their hours so that you keep them when you're coming back um, the other end. Correct. Correct. Okay. So that, they're the two, the easy ones, right? Now I'm going to speak about the harder ones. The harder ones is adapting. Now, if I talk about the food space, for example, it's very different if you're in the entertainment industry, um, as you can imagine, because um, everything's being turned off at the moment. But in the food space, people still have to buy food. So I'd like to give you two examples of what's best in practice and what's not. So this is not a time, even though I say preserve cash, this is not a time to completely close the doors and not communicate with your loyal fans, right? So the best of practice would be Follow all the WHO standards and hygiene because plant-based and purpose-based businesses, vegan businesses, are, are the pioneers of the new ways of doing business. So what I've seen in the best of um, food is that, like, for example, this Monday, last Monday, they, they immediately went to contactless payments, right? Yes. And they closed the dining environment. Yes. So that's I'd say, is a, is a bare minimum. Then from that, it's moving to people are still going to eat. So you, you move to how can we deliver to the customer and then eventually doing it to bulk orders. So this is what I proposed. And one of the businesses is actually implementing step by step and they've actually turned the bulk orders on because people want to get the bulk order and they want to be safe in food. And there's a bit of panic at the moment, unnecessary panic at the, at the supermarkets as well. So um, all of those steps help. Okay. 
Great. Now you mentioned, I just want to suppose it because you mentioned art, the entertainment industry. Um, and obviously, you know, some people may be in that or, you know, are holding events and having to cancel them. What I've seen popping up on social media, which is quite interesting, is like musicians, for example, and artists doing like Facebook lives or doing some online virtual events. Um, and, um, you know, so that's something to, to think of um, as well. And of course, you know, if people have in-person clinics, if you're a health practitioner for example you may be able to switch to online consultations so I think those are all ways to adapt whilst still keeping your your income coming in absolutely Katrina mm. so like this is where platforms like patreon um, so in, in the arts perspective you can st- if everyone's in lockdown and, and inside their homes they still want to be entertained and engaged so from a from a an artist's perspective, it's how do you now reach that audience? And there are many ways to do that. And then by having a link to say, contribute what you can, then there's, that's the positive way of how you're giving value and then and they're able to contribute back to you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's great. Okay, cool. So that's the adapt. And um, have you finished on adapt, Bob, or is there anything you want oh, to Oh, no, that's saying? adapting. So, so yeah. yeah, I mean, like, that's what I'm saying. So that was a good example. And on the on the bad example, like, I saw one business which who, who are not communicating with the customer. So they've almost gone into, a, like, a frozen mode. So I really encourage all businesses, and especially in the purpose space and plant-based space, the vegan space, to focus on communicating with your loyal fans and telling them what, what you're going through and asking them how you can serve them, right? So that's that, that would be the approach. And then as we start to come out of this, so we're really right now we're in the crux of the shock really, right? Yeah. But as we start to come out of this, it's about continuing on with marketing and so that you can actually, so that the fans and your loyal customers can actually see you. So there's examples of this going back to 2009 as well. The companies which um, communicated with their with their clients or provided um, from a marketing perspective, whether it's a service-based industry, it's content marketing, out outshine the rest of the businesses, the ones that actually just went into complete lockdown because the consumer or the customer still wants the service and product, right? So if you're not offering that, they'll look at someone else. Yeah, exactly. And Stephanie and I are going to be covering that, actually, the PR and marketing, because I know I've seen, it's interesting, I've seen some people posting on Facebook saying, oh, you know, businesses should stop marketing and selling, you know, because everyone's in panic. And it's like, well, that doesn't actually help anybody because, um, you know, then they might have to lay off some of their staff because the money isn't coming in. Uh, and those staff, of course, have got families, etc. And so, yeah, it's quite an interesting one. So I think Stephanie and I'll be diving into that a little bit about why it is still important to, uh, yeah, to do your PR and marketing throughout and beyond um, the crisis. So, yeah, cool. Um, Absolutely. I'm, I'm, thank you for that. That's hugely uh, important right now. Yeah. So just some, a point to note on that: if if a, if a business is say, if if it's just advertising that they're you know here's our new product or something at this time will appear like selling, whereas the ones that I'm seeing doing it well actually paint the story, which is the real life story, 
of supporting small business at this yeah. time. Yeah, right. So that's the reality of it because small business also employs. Exactly. So yeah. Painting that whole story instead of just buy now. Yeah. Which appears like a push. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's certain ways to do it for sure. Fantastic. Well, that's that's all. That's really super helpful, Bob. Is there anything else? Any final thoughts before we wrap up? Um, yeah, just one last thing. I mean, COVID people are starting to further connect the dots and we're seeing an increase in fruits and vegetables in Australia, which is on the blog as an example. And in Southeast Asia, there's going to be an increase as well. So coming out of this, it's another boom for plant, for vegan and plant-based because people are starting to connect. So this, I mean, right, I'm not sure if right now is the time to, it's about sprinkling those bits of news with the marketing. I'm sure you're on top of it, Katrina. Yeah. more and more people realized that you know the cause of this effectively yeah exactly and how to protect themselves by eating better and so yeah i think you're right i think vegan and plant-based businesses are are really well placed um to yeah to lead the way and um yeah gain more customers gain more market share which i think is exciting and it's a case of at the moment we are in panic mode it is unprecedented and it's a case of hunkering down and doing uh like some of the things that you've said you know a great opportunity to really take a look at the business and as i i said with my uh chat with one of the with karen nola who's uh, also on this special episode it's about working on uh, taking the time to work on your business if you can't work in it as much which i know a lot of business owners often don't have time to do that because they're so busy working in the business and now this is almost like kind of forcing quite a lot of us to to pause and to actually do that important work of analyzing the business and you know looking at future growth and ways to go and you've certainly offered some um some great tips there, Bob. And as I say, we will put a, a link to your blog post on the show notes page so that people can read that. So thank you very much indeed, time, Bob, and sharing your great insights. It's been really helpful. My pleasure, Katrina. Thank you so much. Hi, Karen. Thank you so much for having a chat with me today. Hi, Katrina. Uh, great to be here. Yes. So I saw your, one of the reasons I, I wanted you on the show is obviously I'm very familiar with your work and you and I have worked together. I've been coached by you. So I know that you're fantastic, but I also happen to see on Twitter a really good blog post that you wrote. And I, I think you're at the time of recording this, you've written one, but I know you're going to write some more and we will link to those. Um, basically about how uh, people can stay calm and, uh, you know, not panic and, and just kind of not have that anxiety or manage that anxiety. Now, obviously, for business owners, and in this case, vegan and plant-based business owners, there's a lot of worry going on at the moment. There's, at the time of recording this, there's lockdowns in certain cities, so restaurants, bars have been closed, um, and uh, in other places, that's about to happen. So a lot of vegan business owners, not just uh, food ones, but also ones that are in fashion or beauty and also service providers, everyone's being impacted by this. So I wonder if you could just talk a little bit um, to us and give us a few tips on how vegan business owners can manage and and cope. Because obviously being a business owner at any time in the best of times can be challenging, let alone, you know, in the case of a worldwide pandemic. So Mm. what are some tips and, and advice you can offer? All right. Well, the first thing I would say, which is what I referenced in the blog post that you read, is to first of all recognize that you are a choice. 
right? So that's as an individual and it's also as a business owner. So you can basically choose between going into fear and panic or going into love and gratitude, which I know might sound a little Pollyanna, um, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's the truth. And when we go into fear and panic, all that happens essentially is that our energy gets very discombobulated. We can't think straight. We can't put our energy into something with any kind of focus. Therefore, our creativity dries up. We can't actually put stuff out into the world and we feel incapacitated. So that's not a route I'm recommending for anyone on any level at any time. Um, when we go into love and gratitude, we move into effectively the energy of creativity and the energy where we can actually start to see opportunities, possibilities and ways in which we can serve. And so piggybacking off of that, the second tip I would share is that there are going to be new opportunities right now. So it may mean that what you have been doing in your business maybe needs to pause or take a back seat for now. It may be that, you know, the particular product or service or offering that you have is not really that needed or desired right now because of the change in situation and circumstance. But it definitely will be that there's going to be a way where you can pivot and you can take the talents and the skills and the knowledge and the experience that you have and repackage it in some way into something that is more timely, is in demand and needed, and that people will actually be willing to pay for and happy to pay for. And I think that really is the way forward at this time, is to, is to choose that positive vibe rather than going into the spiralling, which gets us nowhere. And to really take a step back from our business and look at it through a different pair of eyes and think, okay, how can I really take what I have and be of even greater service at this time? Mm. I love that. And I, I get that. And that makes a lot of sense. And I'm certainly aiming to practice that as well in my, with, with my own business. But what about, for example, like people have had to lay off employees um, and, and literally like their business may not actually survive this. You know, they've still got rent to pay and, uh, and, and all the, you know, all, all these other kind of things and their business literally may close because of it. How, mm. and so obviously people are going to be, and it's it, going to be in panic about that and, and, mm. kind of, and had like, and I know you said, you know, you don't want to be Pollyanna, but how can somebody who is literally potentially facing the folding of their business, how can they manage uh, to do all, all of right. those things? Well, again, there's, t there's two key points I want to make here. I mean, I'll start with the more practical one and then I'll go elsewhere with it. But the first on a practical level is to really ascertain the situation as it stands and what can be done to save the situation. Now, in the UK... And like everywhere, things are changing on a daily basis. So what we're talking about today may not be true tomorrow. <laughs> That's right? very true. But, yeah. <laughs> but this is how it is right now. Um, you know, in the UK, some things have been brought in in the past few days whereby there's going to be business loans for businesses, interest-free for six months. Um, there's going to be uh, mortgage-free periods and rent free period well not rent free but where you can't be evicted so the government here is doing different things in order to make life easier for people um so the first 
port of call for anyone listening would be to look into what's immediately available to them in their country or their state from the government and how they are being supported financially by their government. Um, the second thing, of course, is to look at existing resources, maybe outside of the business. So it may be um, things that they can cash in or relatives or family members, friends that are happy to help them out temporarily. I mean, I just don't think that anyone should just throw in the towel in a fit of panic. You know, there's mm. it, in life, there's always peaks, there's always valleys. You know, that's how life is. It's just that at this particular moment in time, <laughs> you know, there's an extreme going on. But I believe that out the other side of it, there will be another extreme to the positive, right? And I think the people who will prosper and flourish out the other side are the people who can calm themselves down at this point in time and use this period to go underground in the best possible way in terms of really planning and strategizing for that time where we come out the other side and people are more freely spending money and all the rest of it. And that will be when it will feel like the sun is shining again. But if they feel in the dark and they feel in victim energy, then, you know, it's a slippery slope. And that's why, you know, that's why we're here talking about the the mentality of it. And then there's, sorry, go ahead. So how can you give us, uh, that's all really good advice. How can people do that? Because there's lots of different techniques, like there's meditation, there's self-hypnosis, there's uh, the gratitude that you mentioned, like, you know, just even just a simple shift in energy um, can, you know, calm you down and make a, a big difference. And then there's a knock-on effect because if you're feeling calm, then the way you communicate is a lot calmer. So it's obviously great. But are there any other, any or any particular ways that you recommend that people, uh, that business owners can get into that state? Yeah, well, this this ties actually into the second point I was going to make, which is fantastic because this is about recognising that you can use this time to be truly creative and to to instead get clear on what you really, really do want. Because at the moment, the default energy that most people are moving into is this victim kind of mentality. And I, I don't say that with any level of judgment because we've all been experiencing it, right? Yeah. We feel that something outside of us has been put onto us and that we're powerless and we need to just kind of suck it up and do the best we can do. Well, you know, I've been in that energy myself um, and thankfully have come out the other side in a pretty rapid period of time. And what I am truly feeling is that this, should we choose to see it this way, this is prime time for really galvanizing our thoughts, our vision, and that visionary aspect of ourselves as business owners to actually look, how can we make our business the best it's ever been? How can we reinvent our business? How can we strengthen the parts that were weak, that we maybe knew were weak and kept kind of putting on the back burner because there's always more urgent and important things to do? You know, there's always ways to maximize any time that is so-called negative, right? There's always going to be opportunities where we can learn where we can grow, where we can evolve and get ready for the expansion that will inevitably come out the other side. And so in terms of practical steps, for me personally, I'm a great journaler. I write my feelings out. That is my biggest form of centering. 
Um, I do meditate as well and I do it on a daily basis, but I actually find for me that journaling is more potent even than that because it's a way of getting any negativity out of me and onto the page so I can actually see what I'm dealing with internally and really coach myself out of it because as I say, you know, what choice do we have? We can either go into the downward spiral or we can go into the upward spiral. And there is a middle ground, which is oscillating between the two, but that's not <laughs> fun either. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's true. It's so, interesting because like what you're saying, it's basically giving people the chance to work on their business rather than in the business. Because often you're right, business owners don't say, oh, I don't have time to do all of that kind of stuff um mm. you know even though it's recommended you do it because like you said there's always kind of these urgent things that that need to be done so um I think that's really good advice now you've given a lot of practical advice now I am gonna go we weren't sure because I know you and I had a little <coughs> chat before we came on to do the interview and I wasn't sure we'd go there but I think it's okay to kind of because you've given a lot of practical advice there but I'm gonna go a little bit woo woo if that's okay for those who are um, either spiritually inclined or even religiously inclined and there's the whole like manifesting and law of attraction type of thing um, just before we wrap up could you talk a little bit about how that can be useful for people who are open to going there sure yeah so first of all it's remembering that in amongst all of this the birds are still singing the grass is still growing night and day are still coming and going right and I think nature is a great teacher in this time because it's still showing up nothing has changed in nature and in fact you know right about now the seasons are changing we're literally on the cusp so we're going into spring you're going into autumn yeah um and I think number one we can start to look more to nature for a sense of continuity and stability because if we if we stay focused on the concrete world as I call it <laughs> um you know all we're going to see is doom and gloom and negativity and people panicking right but if we look to nature we're going to see life we're going to see hope you know we're going to see those things so I would say let's start there number two is recognizing that the law of attraction is always at play. It doesn't shut down because there's a pandemic, right? Um, and I learned this firsthand yesterday. When I finally got myself into this very stable situation and the blog post that we referenced earlier is about focus and the importance of having a focus, um, it was so funny how immediately really cool stuff started showing up for me funny things as well which I think humor is very important at times like this as well um but for example um my car got hit a couple of weeks ago someone reversed into me and my car had been taken away to be fixed well it came back yesterday much earlier than I expected but not only did it come back in pristine condition but when I opened my car boot there was nine rolls of toilet roll in there, which I'd, which I'd completely forgotten about. Um, and I was about to run out of toilet roll, and you probably know right now oh, everyone's yes. buying up the toilet right? Oh, yes. So, I think the Aussies kicked it off, actually. It's yes. ridiculous. I saw that. Yes. That went viral. It did. And so, and so I just thought, how hilarious. The universe has brought me nine rolls of toilet roll just when I need it the most. And... You know, that is the thing about law of attraction and all that type of stuff is that 
things actually do show up when we need them. So the biggest tool that we can utilize during this time, in my opinion, is actually faith. Um, because if we start buying into the belief system that everything is out to get us, the world now is, you know, going down and we're going with it and it's just a matter of time, you know, that can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. And yes, and there's something scientific game. about that, isn't there? Just, yes. Even if people who are listening who are like, oh, I'm not at all, you know, spiritual or woo-woo, it's actually quantum physics. So that, that's actually just even the science behind it. So, yeah, carry on. Well, it is. And as I said in the blog post yesterday, uh, in, in physics about the um, organizing principle, you know, there's certain laws whereby when you do get a focus, energy starts gravitating towards that focus in a very organized, orderly kind of way. And stuff starts happening. Good stuff starts happening because energy has somewhere to go. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, individually and collectively energy is like completely discombobulated all over the place like you know energy is having a panic attack and if you can find it within yourself and this is actually my second blog post which is coming out today if you can find it within yourself to center as an individual because ultimately it's us as individuals that stack up to the collective right yeah if you can find it in in yourself to collect your energy to be clear on what outcome you personally want, to harness your faith and your belief and your trust that the universe does have your back, that life is always happening for you and not to you. And that is one of my dominant beliefs, which is I like so that. Empowering. Say that again. I like that. Yeah. Everything life. is happening for you, not to you. Oh, lovely. I like that. Yeah. Because if you look, you will find... So whatever you choose to focus on, if you choose to focus on the doom and gloom and my business is going down the pan, guess what? That's more than likely to happen. Mm. But instead, if you choose that you're actually going to use this as an opportunity and you're going to open yourself up to receive guidance from whatever source you believe in as to how you can navigate through this, especially as a vegan business owner, right? Someone who is proactively trying to make the world a better place, you know, you truly have to believe that God, universe, spirit, whatever you believe in is on your side rooting for your success and that the way that you can guarantee your success is to open up to the guidance and support and the miracles that are waiting for you if you keep your energy open to those things. And that is really like the bottom line message I would like to communicate today. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely love that. And having worked with you, um, you know, uh, recently we reconnected after a long time. I've certainly been implementing a lot of those things and it's definitely um, helping me because you, you're right. We, you know, you, whatever's happening is happening. And, you know, just going into that narrative spiral, that whole worrying thing is is not going to change things. Um, no. and, and so if anything else, yeah, having that, that positive energy you can see how that can can yeah really make a positive change. So I really love that. So I think that's a really nice high note to end on. So thank you so much for having a chat with me today, Karen. And of course, we'll link to those blog posts and I highly recommend that uh, listeners check out Karen's work because uh, she's pretty amazing. So thanks again for joining me. Oh, thank you. Hey, Stephanie, great to chat with you. 
Oh, it's great to hear your voices always. Yay. And <laughs> just for our listeners, Steph and I are friends. In fact, I think all three of the people I've had on the show, we are friends, which is partly why I invited them, but they're all experts in their fields. And Steph is a longtime uh, vegan business coach and marketing consultant. She's been helping vegan business owners and entrepreneurs uh, longer than any of us um, back since I think 2009 with a strong business and, and marketing background. So Steph and I are going to have a little bit of a chat about PR and marketing, uh, particularly throughout the, the the crisis and also beyond. Um, and so, well, let's kick off. So, I mean, I'll start by saying I've seen, I don't know if you've seen this online, Steph, some people have been uh, saying, oh, marketers and businesses should stop selling at this time because, you know, everybody's worried and, you know, worried about their safety and what have you. And, that, you know, people should just either offer everything free or stop selling and marketing. Now, I don't know if you agree with me on this, but I don't agree with that. And the, the reason for that is, and I think there's ways of doing it because you don't want to, you know, just be totally opportunistic. But I think if vegan business owners literally stop their marketing or stop their PR, then they're not going to have money coming in because those activities will often lead to leads and sales. They might then have to lay off staff. Those staff may have families. So there's a real kind of knock on um, impact of that. Um, so I actually think it is important for vegan entrepreneurs to continue to market their their businesses, to promote their vegan businesses, um, and to sell, to not be afraid to sell to people, but obviously to do it in a particular way. Now, what are your thoughts on that? What's your take on that? I couldn't agree with you more. Oh, I thought I you were agree. just going to say I couldn't possibly agree with you. I'm like, oh, God, this can be an interesting <laughs> conversation. <laughs> oh, no, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, we are definitely in sync with this one. I oh, really good. believe that this is a time to continue running your businesses. I 100% agree with you that there is a big rippling effect if we start to pull back. Um, it would be such a shame for these businesses to disappear on us. I, I think people forget how many people have started these businesses with their savings, how many people have really put so much sweat equity into building these businesses, as well as a lot of these businesses are lifelines for many of us. They are ways that we're getting our food, our products, you know, I mean, our skincare, our lotion, things that we need in some cases in daily life. Some of it is inspiration, they're books. And I really think that they are a part of the ecosystem and it's so important that they stay. It's so important that we as consumers, we as members of the movement, and also we as kind of all of us being kind of ambassadors of moving kind of veganism forward, that we continue to support these businesses and support their marketing efforts. Now, to your point, we need to market differently. You know, we may not use some of the traditional marketing techniques, techniques like scarcity. You know, we may not use some of these techniques that people are using where it's like your last chance to jump in. That yeah. definitely <laughs> is not the time to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think we need to be smarter. I think we need to market differently, but I definitely think that we should be out there. And I have some recommendations on things that I think people should be doing and maybe doing more of that maybe they were a little bit shy or a little bit afraid of them doing bef um, before. Yeah. Give us a, a couple of those tips, Steph. I guess my two things I would say is I think live streaming is such an amazing tool. And I think it's even important, more important now. 
And the reason I say that is this is one of the few times in really society where many of us are going through the same challenges together. Many of us are trying to figure out where and what life will be like after in two weeks and three weeks and months um, and so forth. And because of that, for business owners to start to share with their customers, to start to share with their audiences where they are, what they're doing, what they're kind of, um, what services do they have available to their customers, whether some are free. I mean, because a lot of us do have free stuff. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with putting that out there, right? Sure. But I definitely think what we want to do is we want to spend some time talking to our customers. Because I think sometimes what happens is we get in this kind of anxiety and nervous mode that we want to pull back. And I think this is a time for businesses to push forward, to get on these um, live streaming, whether it's on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and start talking about what they're going through, how they're making changes in their businesses. And I don't mean reporting what's going on in the CDC, because we have the CDC to do exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. No, I love that. I think that's really great. And I'll tell you who's been doing it. You've probably seen it. Miyoko Shin has been doing that. She's like doing these, I think, almost daily uh, Facebook lives. Like at, I think it's Comforts with Miyoko or something like that, and teaching people how to make product a food like food items obviously using you know some of her own products but it's just a way of helping people you know so that they can make their own food at home particularly if they've got to self-isolate but also you know saying yeah okay and we're going to put some Yoko's cheese in it now and that's a great way for her to be a leader to you know to feel, for people to show up as a leader and like you say show what's going on behind the scenes and and adapt to what's going on whilst providing something useful and helpful to someone and for those who are able and willing to buy the products to be able to do so I think that that's been quite a good example of that so yeah that's a great tip Absolutely. And I think we can do it across all industries. I mean, if you're a health coach, then you should be doing cook-alongs, showing people what you're cooking, what you're making, how to make dishes from whatever's in the pantry kind of feel, because that's what people are challenged with right now. If you're into vegan fashion, maybe you do a session where you teach people what they should wear, how they should dress, if they're doing more virtual calls and virtual conversations. Do you know what I mean? Because it is different when maybe what you may be dressing or how you may be doing something. If people are working from home or you may teach someone if you're an interior designer or even if you're someone's all about sustainability and so forth, teaching people in this environment, how do we not take steps back from a sustainability mm-hmm. standpoint? Mm-hmm. And we're not over consuming. We're not hoarding. We're not grabbing yes. too many things and throwing everything away. So I really think there's so much space for that education. It's it's so great and needed on the food side, but I don't want people to kind of hear today and think it's just food. Right. Everyone in the yes. vegan business movement has a role and an opportunity. Like one thing that I was even surprised with, I have so many people who are like therapists and so forth that are clients. And many of them are like, I don't even know how to use Zoom. So now I'm doing training and I'm just teaching them how to use Zoom. Yeah. So they can continue their business and move it forward. Yes, exactly. It's interesting you say that because we've done that with my partner, Tracy, because she runs a natural health clinic. She's a clinical hypnotherapist and naturopath. And so now, you know, she is offering some consultations online um, so that she can continue to run her business. And then she's also packaging that up with some digital support as well. Um, So it's finding, you know, new ways of 
of doing things. And I, I like what you said earlier about touching on the inspirational as well. So, you know, if someone's got an inspirational book or a program, uh, you know, and you've got the means to buy that, then, you know, or, or to share it, that's important. And I'll just weigh in a little bit on the PR front as well, because obviously mm-hmm. the media is full of, you know, coronavirus, there's COVID-9, this blah, blah. But what <laughs> I've heard is, and it's really quite interesting, is that even though obviously that is dominating the news cycle, is that journalists are also really hungry for feel-good stories. And I think this is really great for vegan business owners, whether you're in fashion or food and what have you. They are really desperate to, you know, to have these fillers. There's something that's uplifting. I even read somewhere that one of the big, like, newswire services has actually stopped accepting certain uh, press releases, like, from businesses around, like, with the word coronavirus in it because they're just inundated. Mm. So I think it's a kind of interesting one as to, okay you know, do we, you know, do you go with a coronavirus hook to sell your product? I think you've got to be a bit careful with that. Like if it's not something that you would normally do and it just looks as though you're jumping on a bandwagon just to make some quick sales, that's obviously not a great thing. But, you know, if you're a health practitioner, for example, then you may well want to to weigh, weigh in on that and say, you know, here's how to, you know, boost your uh, you know, keep your immune system strong, which is what we've done with my partner Tracy. Um, you know, throughout this this crisis, kind of things. So what What's your take on that? I absolutely agree. I think putting out stories that are great things that are happening in our community, great things where people are pulling together, where people are supporting each other. Um, how maybe something you've done in your business to even support your community, your customers, and help people. I think those are great stories to share, whether they're in press releases, whether you're reaching out to journalists, or whether you're even just sharing those stories and sending out an email to customers. I think often we forget when we get into these environments that we kind of get in that fear bubble, that anxiety bubble, and forget that you know, there are great people doing great things. And I know many of your listeners are those people too. So we got to get those stories out as well. Absolutely. And one thing you reminded me when you touched on there about people like working together, when I uh, spoke to Bob, who's on this special episode as well, um, and he didn't mention it while we were chatting, but when we we got off air, uh, he reminded me that it's, it's important for vegan business owners to collaborate as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, if you're in, say, the food industry, just as an example, and, you know, you sell savory products, another company sells sweet products, like, you know, you could do like a, you know, customers can come to pick up, but you do a joint thing so that that yes. way you're doubling your audience. And I think it's interesting. I know when I interviewed people for my book, Vegan Ventures, including you, one of the key things uh, that we saw is that vegan business owners tend to naturally collaborate anyway, simply because we've got that higher mission, that higher purpose, that, you know, we, we're not as kind of intense as, oh, you're my competitor. It's kind of like we're all collaborators. And I think now's a chance for business owners to really work together even more. Absolutely. Um, And collaborating on both the free and the paid side. So like you said, whether it's having a joint location so people can pick up items, um, or if you're using a delivery service, maybe bringing those things together where people can order from multiple places through one order, if you can do that from a logistics standpoint. Um, And even online, if you have online courses, you may do a bundle offer. You may maybe take... Um, something and say, we're going to give people kind of a support package. And that support package does not have to be free because like we talked about in the beginning, 
you yes. all have to keep that revenue stream going. Exactly. Um, now, I know yeah. some businesses outside the vegan world are doing things where they're giving people discounts, where they're giving people offers, or they're letting people get scholarships or things like that. So we can be creative to help people in need. Um, but a lot of people are going to have some extra time on their hands. A lot of people are going to have more time to do some of the things they've wanted to always do. So I do think there's an opportunity for businesses right now to help people achieve some of their goals, especially if they're home and they're self-isolating. It's very different, someone who's sick and maybe going through that process. But for many people, they're, they're really home and they're not you know, running to soccer practice. They're not running to the grocery store. That extra that time that eats up most of our days is like <laughs> entrepreneurs. Yeah. We're getting back. And I think businesses can help people fill that time with the things that people are interested in. If you're a yoga instructor, helping people get their yoga routine back in line, it's a great time for people to start building those habits. And as an instructor, you could be offering classes, live classes. Um, and I just think these are just great ways that we can, we can better serve our community while this is happening. Exactly, exactly. And I'm really glad you touched on that because I think there's this perception that, oh, you know, if you're selling your products, you're these awful, you know, greedy capitalist people whereas you know it, it's like and I think that's particularly hitting service providers I think that you know yeah. obviously people are seeing okay the restaurants and the bars are having to close so of course you know we've got to support these businesses absolutely but also you know like you say service providers have uh, you know have got overheads they're they're running a business um, and and you know we're not all Google or Amazon or you know all these big companies that maybe can you know offer free but like you say I think there's ways to do it if you offer like a special offer you know in this particular time or like you said bundle things up and and to explain that as well and I think you touched on that in the marketing you know rather than hey buy this now kind of the, you know kind of it's kind of like okay um, I'm doing this blah blah, blah and let, just letting people know and reminding people I think reminding customers yes. that we are also businesses I think they they don't expect to go into a food store and just be able to pick up what they want off the shelf and walk away with it whereas I think with service yes. providers it's often kind of mm -hmm. like oh well you're sharing information and knowledge and skills that should be free and I think we have to educate people that yeah that we are also running a business and and you know Absolutely. we've got and some of us maybe employ you employ you know you've got staff um, we've got a yes. full-time VA in another country who's you know got young family you know so if our businesses dry up and we have to let them go it's there's this big knock-on effect if uh, effect so I, I'm glad you mentioned that as well so that's brilliant yeah, I think it's so important we have to take care of our employees we have to take care of people that support us even if they're freelancers as an example yes they're um, being really hit big time at the moment so yeah. many gigs yeah. being cancelled projects postponed because a lot of businesses and companies are going into into panic mode like you say yeah. so yeah I think whatever we can do and sometimes I mean and you probably agree with you, like other ways to market as well like if you can't like if you literally cannot afford to buy a product or a service from a business you can still help them by sharing on social media you know sharing uh, about their business or about their company so that if their family or friends see it and they might be in a position to be able to support that business financially that they can so we don't want people to feel guilty if they can't literally cannot afford to, to buy something but at the same time there are other things that they can do like you say you, you mentioned the live stream video um, mm -hmm. so someone can share that or amongst their networks um, and get support that way I think that's a Absolutely, that is a great thing. If someone is giving out recipes, share those recipes with family, friends, 
um, make the recipe yourself and share it. Um, you know, there's all different ways we can support our community. It's not always has to be, um, you know, financial or directly, you know, through a payment. So I think it's really important that we not only support these businesses, believe in these businesses, and we don't shame them for trying to stay in business because nice. they're part of our love you know, it. They're part of our world. Absolutely. Um, but like you said, let's support them. Even show up for their live stream. Comment on their live stream. Yes. I mean, you yeah. know, we're doing these things and like when three people show up, yeah. you know, it's hard <laughs> in the beginning because, you know, <laughs> you want to do yes. it and build the following. So. Exactly. Yeah. So share that content. I think that's fantastic. That's Any, really important. Yeah. Any final thoughts before we wrap up, Steph? This has been really great. I mean, I'm so glad you and I, I thought you and I, to be fair, I thought you and I would be on the same wavelength, but I, I, I'm glad to say that we are. Any final thoughts before we wrap up? I would probably say a couple other things from a business standpoint is, you know, there's the marketing, there's the PR, but there's also the idea of taking care of your existing customers. I think for a lot of businesses, if they're worried, if they're nervous about what the future holds, one thing I want people to do, or I guess I want to express today is don't get too caught up in that panic, nervous state. Instead, take a step back. And look at where you can take this time, take this as an opportunity to serve your existing customers better, to serve your existing community better. You know, looking at ways that you can either spend more time with your customers, maybe help them with some projects that they wanted to get off the ground. Because not every, not every business is impacted the same way and not every customer is shutting down in a sense. And sometimes I think what happens is we get so worried of what is happening out in the world. We get so worried of what could happen that we don't take care of the people that are already in the circle. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah, that's and, that's such a good yeah. point. And even related to that, like sometimes with certain businesses, if they're seeing a bit of a run on uh, you know, like new customers, they can be quite tempted to kind of grab the quick cash and ignore yes. the existing customer. And I've experienced as a consumer, I've experienced that with a mm-hmm. company that I order from and now all of a sudden, you know, food and supplies based and they deliver and they've obviously had a mass of new customers. And to be fair, you know, it's all, you know, obviously everything is a bit bonkers and I get that, but it is kind of, I think you just have to kind of weigh that up so that you're not just kind of, yeah, doing that quick grab for cash and forgetting about your previous clients who have been long-term clients because some of those new ones when the crisis is over they're probably just going to disappear whereas mm-hmm. you know your longer term ones are, are still there so I think that's a really good point so I'm glad you raised that yeah. yeah and show that you appreciate them I think sometimes we're moving so fast in our business we're trying to grow we're trying to do more you know we have all these yeah. dreams <laughs> we're chasing those dreams and we forget that we have to take the time and now we might have a little bit extra time on our hands. So instead of maybe, you know, streaming that favorite TV show, spend some time, you know, reaching out to some previous customers, reaching out to people and talking to them. Or the other thing I tell a lot of people is work on your business processes, fix some of those things that you Mm. never had enough time to fix those broken links, you know, on our websites. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Absolutely. Uh, That's great advice. Absolutely brilliant. So yes, continue 
market, continue to sell, just be creative about it and yeah. let's support one another. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for chatting with us. Um, Steph, we'll put a link to Stephanie's Vegan Mainstream uh, website where she's got a number of uh, programs and, and consulting to help vegan entrepreneurs. As I said, she's been doing this for such a long time. So we'll definitely put a link there um, so that people can uh, check you out as well. Thank you so much for joining me today, Steph. It's been great. Absolutely. It's been wonderful as always. So that's it for this episode on how to get through the COVID-19 coronavirus crisis as a vegan business owner. If you go to the show notes page, you'll find links to all of the experts' websites, as well as links to some blog posts that are referenced during the show. You can find those at veganbusinessmedia.com forward slash podcasts and going to episode 139. So that's it for this episode of Vegan Business Talk. I hope you enjoyed it and found it useful. If you like the show, please give it a review on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on, as it helps to get it seen by more people. There are more free resources on the veganbusinessmedia.com website to help you in your quest to build and sustain a successful business. And if you'd like to work with me personally on promoting and growing your vegan business or brand, you'll find details on how to do this on the website at veganbusinessmedia.com and clicking on the Work With Me menu link. Thank you so much for tuning in and I look forward to catching up with you on the next episode of Vegan Business Talk. Bye for now. 